I am Araceli, a wealth advisor, real estate investor in the United States and Canada, and creator of Wealthy Women in Real Estate. Every week, I meet with Colette, a real estate broker and a real estate investor in Canada. We come together to talk about all things real estate investing and how to increase your wealth. Join us. Welcome everyone, this is Araceli, and in my weekly chat with Colette, uh, we have a special guest today. So I'm a Transition Wealth Advisor and U.S. and Canada real estate investor. And we have this show for you guys to know more about the little details that you need to know about real estate investing and finances. So please make sure that you subscribe, share it, and ask us questions and comments below. Colette, can you introduce yourself and introduce our guest? Of course. Hi, everyone. My name is Colette Raba. I am a residential real estate broker in the GTA. I like to work GTA West. Uh, so anywhere from Toronto, Mississauga, Brampton, uh, Burlington, Oakville, uh, that's pretty much it. <laughs> so anything beyond that, I do know lots of people that, that uh, work the specialty areas, and it's very important to find someone who's local. And uh, today, our lovely, beautiful guest in yellow is Cheryl Smalls, and she is our friend and our favorite. Well, maybe not, not you know, like I can't say that because other mortgage brokers will get jealous. I but, know. Uh, <laughs> she's she's no one worries. of our favorites. How about one of our favorite mortgage brokers that we'd love to have on the show because she's full of information. And uh, today, we're going to talk about something that. People have questions and, and please keep your questions coming because that's why we do the show to answer your questions. If you have a question, probably you know 50 other people have questions. And uh, something that I get asked uh, quite often, Cheryl probably gets asked a lot, if people don't qualify for a mortgage, what can they do? So one of the things is either I'll let her take over. You take over. You t you you. We'll, we're we're going to so, talk about it. So the title is we're going to be talking about how what is the difference between a co-signer versus a warrantor? When do you use them? And Cheryl is going to talk to us about it. Cheryl, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and tell us what is a co-signer versus a warrantor? Absolutely, I'd be happy to. Thank you for having me today, ladies. So I'm Cheryl Small, and I work for a brokerage in Toronto by the name of Matrix Mortgage Global. We are a full-service brokerage, and we fund deals throughout Canada. I live in Mississauga physically, and so I do a lot of work in the GTA, like, like Colette. I'm in the GTA, Brampton, Oakville, Milton, uh, you know, all GTA and beyond, right? but um, I, I'm all across Canada. So I'm happy to be here to discuss uh, a co-signer versus guarantor with you today, because that's a really important question, especially at this time, we find that a lot of people just aren't qualifying for mortgages. Mm -hmm. We know interest rates are up. We know that economically, um, a lot of people are, are going through a lot of challenges. And so a co-signer, is someone that you're going to bring on to the application with you and they are a co-applicant. That person is going to have just as much rights as you do. You can have a 50-50 split or you can allocate that however you wish. That person might only have 
1% ownership. But when you sign that as a co-applicant, they are equally responsible for that mortgage as you are. So their name is going to be on title. They are going to be, um, they may not be the one, according to how you arrange your situation, they may not be the one physically making the payments monthly. Maybe the main applicant would be the one making that payment. But if that main applicant uh, fails, that co-applicant will be looked at as the one who will pick up the slack and make that payment. But I think uh, to make it easy, I would say when you're a co-applicant with someone, you've probably made an arrangements with them as to how you're getting that mortgage payment paid. Maybe it's coming out of one bank account and you're both putting money into it. So there's an arrangement as to how that's going to take place. And that person who's a co-applicant is, as I said, equally responsible. It's going to be on their credit report as well. And it will affect them down the road because if they want to buy another property later, it may affect them if they're already a first-time buyer on that property, then you can't be a first-time buyer on another property. So you have to look at those things. And it's a big responsibility. If you ask someone to be a co-signer or to come on a title with you, because they're going to be on the title, it is a huge responsibility. You want to get someone who, who you trust and who, uh, you know, someone that you're close to, right? Can we, can I, can I have us? Can I share a scenario, let's say? Absolutely. Uh, so let's say I have a parent that wants to be a co-signer with their child just because they don't qualify. So the parent, you're saying, hack, actually has to go through the same rigorous uh, uh, paperwork mm -hmm. and all of the qualifications as yeah. the, the child, let's say in this case, where they still need to qualify to be uh, to, to carry this mortgage for whatever the amount is. And then if the child, let's say, says, listen, I can handle the payments myself. I just, you know, based on what the lender wants, the bank wants, I can't qualify myself. But the parent still has to understand that they have to go through all of that rigorous, uh, you know, paperwork and mm, showing your, yeah, showing your, absolutely. your assets. Absolutely. That's a good example. Yeah, so, so just to be clear on that one. Yeah, that's yes. a big deal. And then you what's the difference between just saying, I need a guarantor? Right. So same thing again, same rigorous process with a guarantor. We are going to ask you for all your documentations. We want to know what your debt load is. We want to know everything about you because same thing. If the main applicant falls and, you know, falls through with their payments, we're going to be going to that guarantor to make the payments, right? But uh, unlike the main applicant, the guarantor may not set everything up for the payments and may not be making those payments physically every month. But if something goes wrong, we're going to come to you. And so we don't have the guarantor on, on uh, the credit report. And usually another difference between the two, the co-applicant usually is someone coming in who has a really great strong income. And we really need that extra income to boost um, the, the, the purchase of that home. But with a guarantor, usually um, they're sort of boosting in credit. You know, if someone has a poor credit, and they need someone to come on with a stronger credit because 
if you have better uh, credit and good income, you will get better rates and fees with some of our alternative lenders, right? But yeah. with our A lenders, the bigger banks, if you've got good uh, credit, you're going to be getting the better rates. So with a guarantor, we are looking at someone who has strong credit as well. And, but to be honest with you, breaking it down like that, I always tell everybody, whether you're a co-applicant or a guarantor, you need to have strong credit and it's a good idea to have strong income. What, whichever way you go, we need those things. So if you have those things, it's going to be better. And a guarantor, again, is not on the credit bureau, doesn't come up on the credit bureau. And so if you're just a guarantor for someone, you can obviously still qualify as a first-time homebuyer somewhere else because your name isn't on title. Yeah. So I have, oh, that's what I was going to ask you. If yeah. they don't appear on the credit yeah. bureau, they're they not on title. So how is it that they are tight? Let's say that I get a, a warrant or, and I don't pay my mortgage. How is that person or how the bank is going to go after somebody else? Let's say well, remember, my warrant or. Well, remember before you you get that mortgage if you're a guarantor we've got all your information we've 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 got all your you know we're collecting all the important information that we would normally collect for someone getting a credit uh or getting credit or getting uh you know a loan or anything else so we know where you are we know where you live we know where we know all your information about you right so it's not like you can sign for someone and then disappear Yeah. We've got you. We've got everything about you. So we yeah. know where you live, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, and it's yeah. different when, sorry, I, I know uh, there are a few people that ask for a guarantor. Uh, landlords ask sometimes when they're younger people uh, getting a rental. And that's actually hard to collect, you know, if they uh, default on their rent and to go after the guarantor, yeah. which is usually a parent. So it's mm -hmm. a little bit different. I know there are higher stakes when it's a mortgage. Uh, you have a lender, they get all your information, they know the process of how to come after you as a renter. Oh, yeah. uh, you might hear the same terms in uh, rental, but it's very, very different. So don't get that mixed up. Yeah. And I think also if you are um, signing for someone as a guarantor, it, it's not being done lightly. It's an important thing that you're going into. And so we've got all the information. And although it doesn't show up on the credit bureau, Uh, the way the credit bureau works is if everything is going fine, it's, it's all good. But the minute you falter, the minute you uh, don't pay what you have to pay, the minute you don't uh, honor what you say you're going to honor, it will go on your credit report as a negative and they will go after you and it will go into collections and it will go. So it's not something I think you can go into lightly and just say, I'm going to co-sign for someone or uh, sorry, I'm going to be a guarantor for someone and then I'm going to skip town. I'm not going to be responsible. So you yeah. are looking for someone who is responsible because it's a, it's a heavy commitment and it's a big thing to ask of someone. It's not something you're just going to ask anyone, right? Yeah. So who do you usually see as a co-signer or a guarantor for people? You'll see like a parent, you'll see like a blood relative, you'll see, um, You know, you can have a friend, a business partner. You can have any of those people, uh, close people. I wouldn't just ask uh, 
you know, someone I work with, like it, it can't be someone that is not really connected to you. Now, if you have a co-applicant um, and you are happy with that person, whoever you bring to the bank to, to co-join with you, the bank will accept as long as they qualify. But okay. this is another story for another day. You have to know who you're buying a property with and you have to know that you can get along. You have to know that you're going to be able to share the load of that. Because again, it's a big responsibility. Well, of course. And especially if, you know, let's say you are buying with a friend and the co-signer in, in a co-signing situation where the friend is on title and then circumstances change and they say, hey, I own, let's say, half this house. I want to move in now. And then, you know, uh, other circumstances can arise. So even though you have that arrangement with them, you should still seek a lawyer, make sure you have the proper paperwork yeah, that sure. spells out those different scenarios. If this happens, what do we do? If this happens- Oh, you have to, absolutely. And that's why I said in the beginning, um, when you are a co-applicant, you can structure that any way you wish. It could be one person has 1%. Absolutely. And or, but right. that will come through your legal documents. And you're right, you would spell everything out because some people will go into an arrangement, but one person doesn't live there and the other person does live there. Like there's yeah. all there's all different scenarios. There right. isn't and, just and, one and, size fits all. Sure. And look at the way the, the market's been, the way life has been, COVID's happened. You know, circumstances change all the time and people say, okay, well, now I need a place to live. I've changed jobs or I'm working from home and I don't have the space. So many different things happen. And if you open that door even slightly, you better make sure you have all those T's crossed. Yeah. To make exactly. sure that. So yeah. one thing that well, I will say, excuse me, I will just say also with a guarantor, you can have, uh, I've even seen like a couple who maybe uh, one person has the, the property in their name but they need a, a guarantor. So they may use a spouse who can be their guarantor, who's not on title, but sure. a spouse can be their guarantor as well. So you can have different scenarios like that as well. So keep that in mind as well. And again, if you are a co-applicant or a guarantor with someone and there is a divorce, you're still responsible for the commitment that you made. So you have to be careful of those things as well. Too. So this is why, you know, when you enter into something like that, it's not something you're entering into lightly. It, yeah. it, you got to think down the road how this could play out. Right. So, yeah. Cheryl, now let's say, you know, I got a warrant or because I didn't make enough money or my credit wasn't good enough. Right. Actually, a co-signer. Let's say I do a mortgage for five years, but after two years, I said, you know what? I got a really good job. My credit is really good now. Do I have to requalify to remove the cosigner? Yes. Or how's, how, how is that done? Yes, that's a great question. Yes, you do. Because now you got the mortgage on the merits of the two people together. Yeah. And if you think you can handle that on your own now, no problem. We have to go and refinance that. We have to do it all over again. Uh, you have to requalify. We have to take your credit and your income into consideration and all your debts that you have at that given time. And if you can handle it, if your ratios work out, again, everything is all about the ratios and all about your credit. If that falls into place, then you might be able to qualify on your own. And it's worth 
you know, after a couple of years, if you want to do that, then you go ahead and you try to do that. Although, again, keep in mind, you might have to go back to the lawyer and you might have to restructure what that person gets if you want to take them off title now. What did they gain by being on title with you at the time? Because obviously they deserve something, right? So Okay, so is it the same process for to remove a warrantor? Um, with a, yeah, absolutely. Because again, you are going by the strength of that person as well. It may not be totally their income that you needed. It might have been more their credit. But when we are looking at everything, we're looking at everything. We're looking at your guarantor. We're looking at what's their credit like and what's their income like. But unlike the guarantor, the strength for that isn't solely based on your income for a guarantor. It's more so the credit. And then the flip side for the co-signer, we're looking at someone with a strong income to boost you. But overall, that's why I say, for me, anyone that comes to me, I like to look at someone that has both, both a strong credit and a pretty good income, because I think the two really sort of work in synergy. Yeah. I really think, I, like, I don't really want you to bring me uh, someone to sign for you, whether it be guarantor or co-sign, that's kind of poor credit or poor in income, because I kind of need everything to boost the file. Yeah. Right. So is well, that something that you suggest, Cheryl? Like if somebody comes in and you look at their income, their uh, debt ratio and everything else for what they need to qualify, would you suggest, can you bring a co-signer or a warrantor? Is that something that you do or do oh, they? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, sometimes deals can fall apart at the last minute. Someone, you know, you, you, you come to me, you think you can qualify, you think your numbers are good, but after we go through everything, you just don't qualify. So do we let the deal die on the spot? Or do I say to you, no, there's a way we can go about this. Ask your parents, maybe I need more, you know, I need more income. Do your parents work? Can they, can they contribute? Oh, can you buy this house with someone? Do you have someone you can join forces with? So yeah, absolutely. There's nothing... There's nothing wrong with telling someone to get a, a, a co-applicant or a guarantor if they need it. I think for me, it would depend on how important it is to that person. So either you're going to get someone who can help you now, or you're going to wait until you can handle this on your own. Either your credit gets better or your income is stronger, but there, there has to be some give and take. If you can't do it on your own, we have to think outside of the box now and think, okay, how can we do it then? So I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Now, I will say this, going to someone to ask for, to be a co-signer or a guarantor is a huge thing. And it takes a lot to go to someone to ask them. That's like going to someone to ask them to borrow money. It's big. It's a huge thing. People don't just do that lightly. So you may want to think about that. Do I really want to approach someone because... It could ruin some relationships. I've seen it happen. So you you just have to think it through what you're doing and how important it is. And do I really want to do this now? Or should I wait until I'm in a position to do it myself? That's well, what I So th this is exactly why I always go about you have to be in charge of your finances because everything starts from there. 
Like mm -hmm. if you absolutely need to buy something and you need a cosigner or warrantor, that means that you're not strong enough to do it on your own. So therefore, maybe problems down the road, or maybe not, but you really need to think about it and think about mm -hmm. it really um, with that planning ahead of time, right? Like, you know, mm -hmm. what what is it my, like I got a new job that is, is gonna pay really well for the next few years, but you know that jobs now are never secure unless you know you work for your own and you know that it's gonna be a certain amount of income that you're gonna be making and so on. So just everything comes back to money, everything touches money. And uh, this is actually fantastic because I didn't know myself what was the difference between co-signing and warrantor. And, uh, and now you know that. So remember to subscribe if you wanna know more tips like this. I will also say, if I can just uh, just say one more thing, Araceli, um, you know, I think I ask myself, why would I want to be a guarantor? You'd have to be a pretty special person for me to, to sign something for you. And I'm not even going to be on title. What, how does that benefit me? So, you know, that's another thing. I mean, maybe a parent would do it, but would you approach a friend to be a guarantor and then say, I get nothing out of this? No, I, I don't know. I think you really have to sit down and look at those things closely and just, um, you know, maybe it's not the time for you to buy something if you have to ask someone to be a guarantor, unless it's your parent or, uh, or someone really close and they don't mind not being on title because I find that that makes people act very strange when, when uh, you know, you're asking them to put out this big commitment to you and yet I'm not even going to be on title, which means if anything happens legally, I have no say, I have no, I have nothing to get, but yet I'm helping you with this house. So it's a big commitment. You got to really think it through. Well, I, I want to say one thing. I think all three of us, if anybody has any issues and questions about that, we're a phone call away. All three of us really can walk you through something like that. Obviously, Cheryl is the main person because she's dealing with the lenders and she knows exactly what the lenders want. But if you want to go through scenarios with you and the other person, either co-signer or guarantor, and and just sit and have a conversation with one of us, and walk it, you know, talk it through. Say, let's write things down so everybody is on the same page. Everybody understands fully what they're getting into. Some people, just out of the kindness of their heart, will do it for you because yeah. they love you. Maybe it's a spouse, like you said, or boyfriend or girlfriend, or or even a, a sister or brother. There are lots of scenarios out there that just to be very open and honest with each other and have that outside person facilitating or or really uh being that um you know it's almost like a therapy session if i can say it that way where you just talk yeah. it out and you have a, a person there that can see both sides and give you give you advice on both sides and be very aware of what you're both getting into yeah. i think ultimately before you make any decisions you should do that anyway even with a lawyer if you want to pay for the lawyer but uh, as far as I'm concerned, I, I would recommend that to anybody that uh, comes across. Oh, my, yeah, absolutely. You're, you're so absolutely right, Colette, because sometimes you think that you're helping someone, but if their circumstances change, then maybe it's not out of 
spite or uh, they wanted to do it on purpose, but if right. something changes and now you're on the hook for that payment. So you want to be very, very careful on what um, your responsibility yeah. you is. You don't want hard feelings. Yeah, and of it, course. It's like anything else. It, it, if you look at it like a business opportunity, then the, the whole thing about law and, and uh, having an agreement with someone is both parties agree, number one, and both parties have to get something out of it. Yes. So I've seen it work case, very well. It works exactly. very well if people can can go through right. all the steps. It's a great arrangement. It's a great way to get into this market at this time. But you have to go through the steps. You have to think it through. You have to work it out properly before you enter into that agreement. Absolutely. Yeah, I think we all agree on that. And you know what? No hard feelings. It's a conversation. If things don't work out, no problem. Yeah. Not, no harm done, right? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that this is fantastic. Well, thank you, Cheryl, for coming to, to to educate us about these things. And remember, if you are looking to get a cosigner or a warrant or talk to a mortgage broker and find out exactly what your options are, but have that conversation, like Colette said, with the person. And the same, if you want to become a, a cosigner or a warrantor, make sure that you understand exactly what you are signing in and who the relationship is with uh, that you're doing this for. So thank you for tuning in. Remember to subscribe and ask us all the questions because that's how we can give you more value. Thank you ladies for being here, Cheryl. So awesome. Thanks for having me. And, Thanks ladies. Uh, we will see you in the next episode. Yes. Thanks everyone for joining Take us. Care. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for being here on the show. Please remember to subscribe and hit the notification bell to get notified when there are more shows available. And if you would like to have more information on how to start investing in real estate, please visit my website at www.arisalihernandez.com. Thank you.